Ladies and gentlemen, all rise. Court is back in session. Welcome to another exciting episode of The Devil's Do. Live and in person from Iron Buffalo. As a wise man once said, please, if you could be so kind, put your hands together to let the listening audience know that you're real. I am your host, Carl Duty. With me, as always, is a man whose Golden Edition Funko Pop will be available shortly at Iron Buffalo, Mr. Drew Celestino. Hello, sir. How are you? Good. How are you? Recovering. Still. Uh, Well, yeah. This might not be the best venue to recover in, because we got to entertain the people. Well, I mean, I'm I'm on... The, at the tail end, I'm okay. okay. I'll All survive. Right. Okay. All right. So I feed on energy. So you know, excellent. It's, it's good. For excellent. Me. So okay, uh, we are here live in Iron Buffalo. Uh, I just want to shout out really quick, uh, Mr. Will Waterrose. Will, where are you at? Owner, proprietor, folk. He's making, He's making coffee. Could you ask him when he gets a chance to turn the TV off? That would be appreciated. Will, yay! Please. And please, folks, give it up for Will. Yay! The man, the man whose vision this place is inspired. All right, sir, let's, um, let's uh, stand on a little bit of ceremony here. How was your week? Uh, well, I had the plague. The plague did strike your house. Yeah, it struck the whole house. So uh, I've been mostly using uh, tissues profusely, which has resulted in my nose having a nice shiny red glow. Uh, it's not cocaine. It's just, you know, tissues and... and sure, snot. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you know, whatever yeah. you got to tell yourself. Well, wait, wait, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, so, yeah, that's been basically it. Let me just tell you, as bad as it is being sick on your own, it's that much worse when you have a... Sick wife and child as well. Oh, so when everyone when everyone is ill, uh, good times are not had. Yeah, the uh, the little ones are here tonight. Yay! Both mine and yours are here. Oh, hey Nate. Um, so yeah, what uh, what else do you have going on this week? Uh, besides sleeping and working off uh, the sickness, um, I've been playing uh. So we finished Spider-Man. We talked about that. Spider-Man. I finished Spider-Man. You had not yet. Oh, I finished it. Oh, you did finish I it. I did not get the DLC that you did, though. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so now I am about four to six hours into Hollow Knight on the Switch. Hollow Knight. And Tell me about Hollow Knight. If you don't have Hollow Knight, you should get Hollow Knight, because Hollow Knight is awesome. Well, why so, is it awesome? Uh, well, number one, as you know, Metroidvania games are like my jam. So Hollow Knight is a hand-drawn style, uh, very charming but very difficult Metroidvania-esque game for the Switch and PS4 and Steam and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So you're a bug. You're a little beetle bug. And you get a sword and uh, items and stuff. And you increase your abilities to like jump and dash and stuff. So you, you progress... And yep. uh, as such, you can then access areas you could not access before. Cool. A lot of backtracking, a lot of where to go, what have you. So that's, again, my favorite genre of games. So I've been enjoying Hollow Knight quite a bit. The boss battles. Awesome. The boss battles are very difficult. That's good. Yes. Uh, my controllers are being put to the test because I have 
almost thrown them. Those several Switch times. controllers, you can put them a good chunk. Well, Nintendo makes them, so I would anticipate them having some durability. So. Yeah. Uh, I haven't thrown it through the TV yet, but uh, the current boss I'm fighting, the Soul Master, uh, yeah, he, he wants to test my patience. Gotcha. So, gotcha. Um, yeah, I've been playing Hollow Knight, uh, taking care of the little one, and uh, illness be damned. Uh, I made it a point that I was, going, I was not going to miss my uh, 18th Metallica show in Cleveland, Ohio ah. on Friday. So, uh, I, I hear Cleveland rocks. Cleveland uh, rocked past tense at one time, maybe. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, they're not Detroit, right? So, uh, okay. So about that. Number one, I felt I felt well enough to go. I drove. It was fine. Yeah. Uh, we gave my friend Phil the heads up that we, me and my friend Jason, who were, who's also ill. We were bringing, uh, you know, the plague to his house, and he should prepare accordingly. So, you know. We What's a heavy metal show without plague? Exactly. Exactly. It's very medieval and whatnot. Uh, so, the show itself was great. Um, it's Metallica. It's always going to be great. However, uh, as Jim Brewer, who did the opening for the, the show, as he did in Buffalo and every show, he, before the show, remarked that uh, this was the last show on this leg of the tour. And it was like, okay, well... It's Cleveland. The last time I saw Metallica in Cleveland, they busted out, like, two Injustice for All songs they hadn't played in, like, 20 years. Okay. So, and I'd never seen before live, so it was very exciting. That was 10 years ago. So I'm thinking, okay, last show of the tour, or the leg of the tour anyway, Cleveland. Signs are looking good. They're going to play something obscure and cool. Well, what we ended up getting was... Metallica was kind of like 4:30 on a Friday, watching the clock. Ooh. Let's just let's just get out of here. So it was basically the Buffalo set with two other songs that are very common that I have seen several times before. Again, none of this is bad. Yeah, but I was a little a little upset. Okay, no, I can get that. Um, so you know, yeah, that's unfortunate. Still, good time. Had a great time. Uh, I will say this. Buffalo, we are notoriously lame. I'm just going to say call for what it is. We're notoriously lame town. We sit on our hands a lot at shows and concerts and things, if we come out at all. So I was, uh, you know, Cleveland's a little rowdier. Cleveland rocks and all that. I will say Buffalo fully uh, out-rocked Cleveland as an audience. Woo! Uh, so I was, I was very happy about that. Awesome. Yeah, uh, the... the Oh, Cleveland Cleveland uh, rocks? No, Cleveland goes out for smoke breaks every other song and doesn't yeah. really doesn't really whoop it up or sing along or anything. And That's unfortunate. Yeah, I was kind of shocked by that. So big right. ups Buffalo for, you know, Yay. flying the flag higher. Anyway, uh, as I recover, uh, how was your weeks? My sir? weeks, my, my last week of... Freedom, for lack of a better term. Yeah, you're, you're a working man again. I am a working man again. I started my first day at the new job, and it was good. It was the first day. Um, employment. I, I, woo, employment, paychecks, yeah, jobs. Um, more money I could spend here in Iron Buffalo. Uh, so that was good. Uh, last night we watched the Super Bowl, or as oh, I like, to, yeah. or as I like to call it, the Avengers trailer post game show. That's correct. Um, yes. It was 
Yeah, we ordered we ordered pizza and wings from Franco's, right? Franco's is like your your in your top tier of Buffalo pizzerias. Yes. I would say. Not tonight, sir. Oh. Those wings were horrible. Undercooked, I mean, undersauced, like dude, it's your busiest day of the year. How do you screw this up? This well, is your Black Friday. I mean, have you had a good customer service experience on a Black Friday? <laughs> I don't go out on Black Friday. Okay, well, let me explain to you how, you know, insanity works at the retail slash food service level. <laughs> yeah. Get it out. We don't care. <laughs> gotcha. So, there was that. And then I also finished up Punisher Season 2 this week. Did you now? Yeah. See, I still haven't started it, and everything that I've heard tells me that I shouldn't. It's it's bad. I it's mean, really bad. I, the end of season one led me led me to think that it was going to be bad. It's not Iron Fist bad. Nothing could be. But it's it's really bad. Like we don't get Frank to be actually Frank until the last. Maybe 10 minutes of the last episode of the season. So you're telling me that the Punisher, who was introduced in season two of Daredevil, and got a character arc in that series. Yes. And by the end of that series, he was fully formed Frank Castle, the Punisher. Yes. He then gets his own show. He spends an entirety of a season still pondering if he should indeed become the Punisher. Yes. At which point he does. Yep. And now you're telling me that in season two of The Punisher, it spends another season finding a reason for him to be the Punisher. Yes. And at times struggling with pulling the trigger on bad guys. What are we doing here? Yeah. Okay, Netflix. The the, just, seri- just the season the opened up with Frank at a country music bar, uh, smiling, having a beer, and scoring with the bartender. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> it's, no. It's not. It's like we've said. The character is very hard to do accurately in a live action format. I think that's why they change it so much. Because you, in the comics, he's fully formed, you know who the character is, and you just go, maybe it's the climate, I think a lot of it is the climate we're living in right now, and selling a character like that is hard to do, so you have to, like, make him interesting, or give him things to do, things like that. Um, so, yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't work. So you're telling me I should uh, save myself 13 hours? I mean, I, I'm just, I'm interested. Sometimes I enjoy it when you torture yourself. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So it might be interesting. Well, um, if I uh, can muster the energy, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. Yeah. But let, let me put it this way. Be thankful after we finish Daredevil Season 3 that we're not doing the, the episode-by-episode breakdown anymore. Okay. All right. All right? Okay, that so sad. that was our week's Dear listeners, dear folks here in Iron Buffalo, if you would ever like to tell us about your weeks, if you would like to sh- send the show any questions or comments to be read on the air, 
You can do so at the following locations. You can find us at Twitter at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to Facebook.com slash Devil's Do Pod. You can email us at the Devil's Do Pod at gmail.com. Or you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the Devil's Do Podcast.com. That being said, Drew, normally this is where we go to the email questions. We didn't have any email questions that's, this week. That's okay, it happens. Oh wait, I'm getting I'm getting a signal from one of our attendees Uh-oh. that emails have been sent. Oh, he's just, <laughs> technology. I'm I'm watching email in real time. Yeah. It's tremendous. So Okay, all right. So Jay Gelsomino is here, longtime listener and supporter of the show. We appreciate him coming out. He is I mean, does he, does he just want to read his question? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that. Um <laughs> Here's a microphone, Jay. You can just ask. (laughs) If you could own any helmet hat in pop culture, what would it be? Say again. I'm sorry. What? If you could own any helmet or hat in pop culture, what would it be? Uh, Whoa. Uh, I feel like the answer here kind of has to be... The giant safari hat from uh, Spaceballs. <laughs> S- safari dark helmet. Yes, exactly. With, with the little with the little door and the and the mask. Yeah. You guys find anything? We ain't found. Yeah, 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 yeah. Family show, Carl. Family show. And there's literal families here today. So. And there are little families here. Um, if I could own any helmet. Uh, you know what? I want Porkins pilot helmet from Star Wars. You don't feel like that would maybe, you know, doom you to a certain degree? No. Okay. No, no. Give me Porkins doesn't get the love. So give me Porkins' pilot. I mean, how much love does Porkins deserve? (laughs) A lot. Clearly. All right. So, Drew. Yes. What do you have against New Japan's modern day warrior Tai Chi? I mean, look at him. He, he's terrible. <laughs> Did you see his little shorts? Oh, like tearaway pants. No, 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 no tai chi, no tai chi. All right. So no tai chi. Then he then he asked me, "How was why?" Why? I, I'm guessing he's asking Why? how was my first day at work because Jay's one of my new co-workers along with your one li- lovely wife, Jen. When so, technology fails yeah, in real time. Jay, just ask the question. How was your first day at work, Carl? Okay, yeah. <laughs> first day at work was great. Really looking forward to a new job. It's going to be fun. Thank you very much, Jay, for your questions. Now, Let's um let's get Mr. Will Waterrose up here if he's able to very briefly. Is he still making coffee? This is okay. Well, he's pretending to make coffee. He's pretending to make coffee. Okay, we'll we'll bring him back up towards the end of the show. He's oh, coming. No, he's coming. He's coming. All right, come on, Will. This is dead air, Will. You're killing the show. Here he comes. Will Waterhouse, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Give it Hi. up for him. Just watch your step. Yeah, just, sit here? Yeah, yeah, sit in the middle. If I trip, I have good insurance. Don't worry. 
And now finally, sure so to speak, do I. Uh, directly into the microphone. You can process his claim, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a conflict of interest. We have one, folks. Will Rotteros, owner proprietor of Iron Buffalo, give it up for him. I feel like I'm testifying for Congress or something, uh, Mr. President. I did not know she was married. <laughs> I, I apologize. Do you think that would matter now? Well, no, no, it no, yeah. no. So, so I, I well. Can I just apologize, though? Speaking of apologies... Well, well we're going to get there. Okay. We're going to get there. All right. Because we had you on the show previously, and it was a great episode. We had a lot of fun. Yes. But, sir, the day after we had you on the show, they canceled Daredevil. <laughs> so... We're not saying it's your fault, but... We're saying it's your fault. Kind of are, yeah. yeah what do you have to say for yourself? I called Netflix that night and said, I have a show that's better than Daredevil for you. And I brought you guys up. And then the next thing I know, the show got canceled. Yeah, they're not... They're I, not. I, can think of, I can think of numerous places you went wrong. <laughs> um, my God, you sound like my mom. <laughs> Netflix is not interested in us. So... Tell us, we, we've got some people here who, if this is your first time to Iron Buffalo, raise your hand. This is your first time. Wow. We got a lot of first timers here. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. It's appreciated. Tell people the philosophy of Iron Buffalo. Tell, for those who may not have heard the episode you were on, give them the, the, the philosophy, what, what drove you to open this place. Tell us about Iron Buffalo. I have, uh, I'm friends with some other store owners in the area, and watching them and talking to the customers, I felt like this area needed a place where people could come and, and talk about everything that's geeky, everything that's comic book, everything that's board games, magic, you name it, movies, uh, just people wanted to talk about this and I felt that too many store owners had the uh, give me your money and get out mentality Hmm. so I didn't want that I basically wanted to build a man cave where the general public could hang out with me and maybe fund it with some coffee and then a gaming lounge broke out and we've become almost like this, this clubhouse for everybody with our regulars and Dungeons and Dragons. It's amazing. And we have some of the greatest people coming in here. And I just say... X-Wing. We, X-Wing players Thursday night. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're the best guys, especially if one of their players' cars break down. And I tell them, and they go, uh, huh, and go back to playing. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my business model for here is just be nice to everyone and be thankful everyone is here. It's that simple, and, and I feel that that's kind of lost on a lot of other places in Western New York. Um, so that was it. So I appreciate you all being here. I really do. And uh, basically, in my other house, I had a man cave in my basement, and all this stuff was on my walls. And then we moved, and I needed a place. So I opened a business. Well, I, mean, I mean, your logic is sound. <laughs> um, so we definitely appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you having us here tonight. Folks, please, by all means, if you can, please give this man some money. Buy something from the shelf. Throw some shekels his way. It's, it's well, we need more places like this. We need this to be successful. As long as people are enjoying the coffee and the hot chocolates, that makes me happy. Oh, I, I, I will say, if you are a coffee drinker, if you are a coffee connoisseur, if you like to travel with your coffee... 
get one of the Iron Buffalo travel mugs. It is hands down the best travel mug I have ever used in my life. Hours later, your coffee still hot. Hours later, it's fantastic. I appreciate the pitch, and I sold out of them. Wait till they get them back in stock, and then come back and get a coffee mug. Carl, you're too good a salesman. In, in the meantime, get a, get a t-shirt, buy some comics, grab some board games. Will, thank you very much for uh, stopping up here with us. We appreciate well, it. I, I have to thank the two of you because, A, listening to your podcast, the content is straight on. It's, it's perfect. It's great for this kind of shop. Aww. And more people need to listen to it. So when you approached me about doing a live podcast, I was pretty excited because I figured you would be bringing people in. It'd be great for the people that were here. And you guys are you know pretty knowledgeable and darn good looking. So I figured it would be a good mix. Yay. Right. I mean, Thank how you. was that? Is that good? <laughs> yeah, that works. I'll, I'll pay give, you later. Give him the money. Appreciate give him the money. Right. Well, thanks again right. for having me. Will, on. Thanks, thanks for very being much. here, thanks, guys. Will. Yeah. All right. Will Waters, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. All right. So. So. Oh, oh, I should probably silence my phone. Amateur hour over here. <laughs> Alan Waiters, 20 minutes late, sending oh. us questions. Um, we'll, <laughs> we'll save those to the end of the show. Just give me like a shout if I'm wrapping up. I forget the questions. Uh, so, normally at this point, we kind of move on to an episode of Breakdown, but this being a live show, we wanted to do something a little different, something nice for the audience. So we are going to talk about, like Will was mentioning, the evolution of the comic book shop, how it started out and where it's come to. Now, Drew, you and I are, are pretty knowledgeable on this subject. I know my way around a comic shop. I've been to one or two in my day. But I felt, I felt the people needed a little more. The people needed a special treat. And I thought, if I want to treat the people, if I want to give them some real entertainment, some true knowledge... From an amazing source. To some, she's a general. To me, she'll always be royalty. We have a special guest on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Miss Virginia Kerrigan. Yay. Hello. Hi, Hi. Verge. Hi. How's it going? Good. How you doing? Good, 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 good. Happy to be here. So, now... I didn't, get, I didn't get a chance to to say this before. I probably should. I was bad producing on my part. Um, we're we're gonna discuss comic shops. We're not gonna name names. No, I I'm a strictly. You got Well, usually I'm a, a no name policy, but inevitably the names come up, but not here. They you gotta be nice. I, no, no, no. I I'm just fine at that. We we are not trying to intentionally tear down. We're gonna do our best to build up. All, gen- all generalities. And it's a family-friendly show. Right, which. I know. I already, okay. I, I, I already mentioned how I would have to bleep myself. I actually I bleep myself at home. You've been on our show before, though, so I think you yeah. you know the you know the drill. No, I know the drill. Okay. Yeah, I'll be. It's, I'll it's be, been a little bit. It's I'll been be hot. Jay's not here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't get confused between our old show and this show. Yeah. Right. Two different animals. Very, very. So let's talk about comic shops. 
Um, Drew, yes. you and I came to comic shops in one way, and Verge, you came to comic shops in another way. So I think you and you and I kind of came to comic books. Well, you came to comic books a little bit differently. So just give a brief like description of how your first interaction with comic books went. Well. I would get my comics at the corner store, like the corner grocery store, yeah, gas station, whatever. Yeah. And then at some point, someone told me, uh, I think it was my uncle, actually, who told me, you know, there's comic book stores. And I was like, what? What? Blew my seven-year-old mind, right? So at a certain point, we went to my first comic book store that I can remember was, I want to say, uh, it was on Hurdle Avenue, and I want to say it was Flight into Fantasy. Does that sound right to anyone else? Okay, good. So I went there when I was just a wee lad, and it was like Christmas morning in a store for yeah. me. So old new old books, new books, and it was also my first exposure to, that, to the fact that like things were collectible in a way. So yeah. on the wall, they had G.I. Joe's in little bags with prices on them with all their accessories in them but they weren't like you know carted in in the box they yeah. were in little baggies and i was like wait you mean my gi joes are like worth money so this whole idea of collectability and and geeky stuff kind of crossing over beyond just comics was introduced and then uh, that was uh, i was like 7 and so from there i just kind of bounced from shop to shop until i found a shop that i went to for a long long time yeah um, I was kind of the same way. My first experience with comics were on a spinner rack at 7-Eleven. And, you know, getting them through there. My father would take me to the store. And, like, Friday nights, my father and mother would go to the auto races. And before they would go, he would walk. We were in walking distance from 7-Eleven. So he would walk me up there. I'd get, like, a comic book and, like, you know, a snack and... We would just uh, just have a good time. And then later on, he found a shop. And again, that same kind of discovery of that environment was just kind of mind-blowing. Now, you came in later in your life than we did. I was like a unicorn. I was an adult woman going into a comic book shop for the first time without a male partner along with me. Or I wasn't tagging along with a male partner. So how was that? You know, <laughs> you'd be surprised, but it wasn't too bad the oh, first good. time. And I think it's just because I have a smart mouth, and I'm really good at saying things back to people when they say things to me. Okay. Uh, so I uh, I was looking for uh, back issues of uh, Spawn at the time. I am still trying to collect everything from 1 to 200. Almost there. Uh, but I I went into a local shop and you know got along pretty well with the owner. Like I said, I have a mouth, so I was able to navigate the treacherous waters I was in, and um, that ended up becoming my weekly place. I'd get my stuff. I'd I'd go to John's and get subs because that's if I'm being honest, the only thing good jo- that John's has is subs. <laughs> And I'd sit and read my comic books. And, I mean, it really wasn't a super adventurous story. I did a Google search of comic book shops near me because this was, what, 12 years ago? Yeah. This is only 12 years ago. And uh, it's never been the same since, though. It's It, it was a life-changing experience, that's yeah. for sure. So 
when you when we talk about comic shops to somebody who doesn't have experience with the shop who hasn't really been to the shop I feel a lot of times the image that's conjured is musty, dirty. It's the Simpsons. Yeah, it, it's the Simpsons. It's comic book store guy. Um, there's a very much like a gatekeeper mentality to it. That's, I've been to those shops. Yeah, that's somebody. If you're walking into that shop and you are clearly new to comics, or you can't be identified immediately as someone who likes or reads comics that the staff is very standoffish now full disclosure you and i have worked together at a comic book shop for a couple of years it was the best time of my life oh i'm flattered (laughs) and we worked in a in a shop that one could argue had that environment to it but we approached it kind of differently but do you do you both feel like if you if you were to say comic book shop to someone who's not familiar with it, that that's kind of the image they get. Uh, I mean, just because of stuff like The Simpsons, maybe they might think that way. But I don't know. The, these movies are making a billion dollars. I think at this point, like, I don't know what they would expect it to be. This you know, gated off, Zen, walled off Zen garden that they're not welcome in. I think they would go in with curiosity and ideally uh, the shop is going to be accommodating and I, I think the environment in shops lately especially over the last five or ten years in, in most places has become a friendlier more welcoming environment because when you have no choice you have all, all sorts of new people walking into your store and you I mean all sorts of people from one end of the spectrum to the the other and you have to adapt to that you have to if you want your business to grow or at least maintain then you gotta roll with it you have to be nice to people like will says you you just got to be nice I've, i've seen some of the less favorable shops either close up or change their tone considerably since the first time i went there years and years ago so you know it's retail, man. You got to treat your customers right or they're not coming back. Yeah, I think a lot of times there there is kind of that gatekeeper mentality in some shots, shops that people just may be a little standoffish to go into. But I think over recent years, especially in this area, we're starting to see that change. Yeah, I feel like it's quite the renaissance around here. There have been quite a few shops that have opened up that are very open-armed about things, very welcoming and and clean and organized and clean, clean helps. Yeah, yeah. clean does. It goes a long does. way. Yeah, I mean, just walking into a clean shop alone is is very different. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love the smell of a comic book shop. I, yeah. The paper, the pulp, all the of pulp it. Smell. Yep. But I I would say that that especially locally, we've seen. A lot of really great places pop up, you know, places that have stickers on the door that say safe space and places like this where you can walk in and they scream hello and your name the minute minute they see you. Yeah, I mean, I've been coming here to Iron Buffalo so much that it's almost like when I walk in, they scream out Norm. (laughs) Probably a little older joke for the... So Everyone that, knows cheers, your name. right? Yeah, cheers. Gotcha. Okay. Cheers. 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 
like Sears, Jay, but it's Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Place where everybody knows your name. But no, they, um, so as we're seeing this change, we're also seeing a change kind of in the format of the shop in that they're not only comic book shops and anymore. It seems like you can't open just a pure comic book shop and well, have it work. We've talked about that a little bit and that comics are kind of, you know, look, I love them, you love them, yeah. our, our, our elders love them, but as an art form, as I do the declining our hand motion that you can't see on the podcast, yeah. uh, I, I don't know how long it's going to last because kids don't read as much and stuff. So if you're going to open up a comic shop, you better have something else that is going to make money to compensate for a declining base of people. Yeah. I, I can tell you for sure that it's not because of digital comics either. No, it's people not. who read yeah. comic books buy comic books. It's people aren't getting digital instead of physical copies. That's just, doing it other just stuff. isn't how it works. Right? They're just not reading comics. Right? They, they're playing Fortnite probably. I, the the industry is <laughs> doing fine. It's doing just fine. The 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 biggest problem that shops have right now, I would say, is predatory publishing. Just publishers define predatory publishing. Overproduction, uh, sort of preying on. Well, you know what? For example, Batman number fifty. You had shops that were paying cosplayers to come and do fake weddings for the Batman issue. You had people paying extra money for promotional stuff, people ordering thousands and thousands of copies of this book, and then it just flat-out failed, yeah. and it was 100% because of DC's actions yeah. and the, because the book was trash. But, that I mean, that's not <laughs> yeah. that's neither here for, nor there. For those of you who don't know, in Batman number 50, Batman was supposed to marry Catwoman. Spoilers. It didn't happen. And Verge died. Verge was not happy that day. No. <laughs> I, I dreamed more I, about I know, that I know, than my own. I know the Verge unhappy face. When I walked into where you were working that day, oh, I saw that face. But that's, that's sort of the thing is, you know, uh, you have shops, pure comic book shops, who are 100% dependent on this. On, on events like this that make huge amounts of money and the publishing companies are just preying on that and, and just setting setting things up for failure. It's it's didn't I, they spoil the ending of that comic that like the day of or the day before or something three, like that? Yeah, three it days came before out it, it came out in the New York Times that uh, the ending came out in the New York Times and, and it was DC's doing. It's not like New York Times is just like, eh, we're just gonna spoil it. Yeah. Way to deflate uh, your retailers. Somehow they th- they thought that that was a good move, uh, and in fact it was the worst move. And then very quickly after that, DC announced that all Batman number 50s would be fully returnable, which they never do. Yeah. And they also announced that they would be crediting uh, retailers who paid extra money for promotional purposes. They would be giving them all credits for the amount that they paid for promotional stuff. So that's that's a, a small example of predatory publishing. You know, Marvel coming out with 30 different titles over the course of one day. You have one Wednesday, 30 titles. And this happened two weeks in a row just before Christmas. 30, 30 books from one publisher. That's a lot of stuff for one week, two weeks. Right. So that that's sort of a... 
that's sort of a small example of how the publishers aren't doing anyone any sort of favors. And don't they, I, I mean, from a retail perspective, don't they play games with the, the variant covers where you have to order X amount of, of, the, the, of the book to get the cover X or cover Y? Now we can talk about, like, publishers just oh fine, right? I mean, like, yeah. shops know, yeah. publishers fine. So I would say Marvel is probably the, the worst culprit of that because of their incentive variants. The majority of stuff from DC is, you know, order all you want as far as their variants are concerned, but Marvel is, they want an arm and a leg and the deed to your shop, and it's, you know, it, and customers want those. They want those variants, but you have to explain to customers, like, It's going to hey, cost a fortune yeah, to get that Yeah, if you want to pay yeah. the extra $150 for this book that I'm going to have to spend to get this book, it's all yours. All yours. That's tough. So now, in, in, your, in both of your opinions... The the old style of shop, the pure comic book shop that only sells comics and associated collectibles, what do you think they have to do to survive in today's market? Uh, I think that they have to be open for 50 years. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you could actually open a new comic book shop at this point. Uh, I mean... Will's doing it right. The other, yeah. there's a couple of other places in the area that are doing, doing it right. You have to supplement. There's, there's no way to survive without supplementing. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, what you pay as opposed to what your customers pay. You know the margins aren't bad, but if you're only selling five, ten copies of a book, that really doesn't amount to very much at all. You yeah. know, if you think you make a two dollar profit on everything, and that's if you're not giving a discount. And most shops give a discount on all of their comic books, whether it be 10% or buy four, get one free. It, it doesn't matter what you do. And, and unfortunately, in this market, you have to do that to compete with the other shops in the area. So you kind of have to build a store not so much around the product, but around a, the community around the product, like a game, comic, and coffee yeah. shop, like a... a well, games. Or, yeah. just, or just lots and lots of Funko Pops. Yeah. <laughs> Dynamite segue, Drew. That that brings us to to modern shops and what what we're seeing now, what we see here in Iron Buffalo. Uh, people are here for diff- many different reasons, not just comics. There's coffees, there's games, there's comics, there's um, different types of games. There's board games. There's Like I mentioned, X-Wing. If you listen to the show, you know I play a lot of X-Wing. That's a miniatures game. There's Magic. The Magic players. It's a huge community. So is do you guys think that's kind of the, the only way that it can be done and survive, or do you think there's possibly another way? Unless you're in a you, uh, critical th- mass location. Like, if you go to New York City yeah. and you go to Midtown Comics, that's a yeah. dedicated comic shop. But you're in New York City, so you have the benefit of millions and millions of people, and you can sustain that. And not to mention, like, they center, they have everything you can think of comics-related in that store. So your Funkos, your T-shirts, your merchandise, statues, they're big on the statuary stuff, so yeah. real collectible stuff. But, again, they benefit from being in a major metropolitan area. That's an exception. You know, yeah. Pure in Buffalo, I would love to see a store that had, you know, a full room of cases of statuary that, that I could look at and, you know, open my wallet and just throw money at. But I'm one person, and I'm probably very much not the norm. Yeah. So that store would be having a lot of overhead. I... 
specifically in this area, there are there are a few shops. Yeah. There are uh, more than a handful of shops here. I think if you were to open a dedicated shop with with really decent collectibles, uh, a nice manga library in an area where there isn't anything else, nowhere else even remotely close to get your <laughs> comics or your collectibles, I think you could do it. You could make a go of it because yeah. you know you have people who drive from Orchard Park to this area to get their stuff. Hamburg, Medina, stuff like that. I mean, I've I've in my in my experience, I've I've had people come up on a weekly basis who drive for an hour because there's nothing anywhere near them. So I think if you find a remote enough location that has enough money, you could be okay as long as you're doing it right. You have to do it right. You have to your customer service is number one, plain and simple. You have to be good to people, and you have to be good to your neighbors. You know, and then your product. You have to manage the the biggest problem with comic book shops is managing your inventory. I mean, one week you could sell 25 copies of something, and the next month, all of a sudden, half the people stop reading it. I mean, one bad issue, and all of a sudden, you're left with sixty dollars in product sitting on the shelf. Yeah. So, do you think that part of the problem is that comic books are not as direct market available as they used to be? Like, when I say direct market, I mean, like, grocery stores, quickie marts, things like that. Do you think that if the companies would begin to stock their comics in those places where kids can get at them easier because like if for for a small kid you know i'm sure most times a parent is not going to have a problem with taking their kid to a comic shop but if the parent is already doing something like grocery shopping let's say for example and the kid can see the comics there at the grocery store that that can kind of start to build the younger reader Base. I think you would need the books to do that, number one. I don't think either publisher is really catering to that audience anymore. And uh, on top of that, uh, I don't know. I, I, I see some people that were reading, like, the Walmart books that DC was doing, but I don't know how big that really is, because are they even doing it anymore? Are they bailing on that? I don't know. But... I, I I think your competition, it's not a matter of like, oh, comics aren't in the corner store. I think it's, well, my kid's face is glued to his phone. He's watching kids on YouTube open open toy boxes. <laughs> like, you know, like like Vert said, I, it's not a matter of like comics. People who read comics read comics. And you're not losing readers to like other, you're losing readers to other stuff. Period. You're just, they're doing, they're just doing yeah. other things. I'm, I'm proud to say I'm uh, raising the next generation of comic book readers within my household. I'll try. <laughs> She's more of a DC than a Marvel, which I got to be honest, at this point does not break my heart because I kind of like DC books more than Marvel books right now. Don't judge me. I'm not judging. I, no ju- pendulum, there's no judgment pendulum here. Pendulum swings. But I'm that's judging. because they were born into it, though. Yeah. They were Natty was practically born in the shop. She was born on that Wednesday. 
I basically had I had to call into the you, store. You had, you literally had a new baby on New Comic Book Day. Right. Welcome to the world, honey. Now mom's got to go get her comics. <laughs> Right. So, I, I mean, I'm raising the next generation, yeah. but that's because they're already in it. And I think that parents try. There's a lot of parents. I, I get this conversation a lot. You know, my kids just aren't into it. They just they're just yeah. not into it. But that's like Drew said, they're everybody's nose deep in YouTube watching kids do what Fortnite dances. There, yep. And, yep. And uh, I, I will be honest. Stupid fork knife. <laughs> I, uh, I kind of blame the movies a little bit, too. I don't think that they've done a very good job at all promoting comic books, promoting comic book shops. I mean, it's, sure, you flash DC across the screen. You have yeah. Superman across the screen. But take an eight-year-old to see that who's never read a comic book in their life, doesn't know that comic book shops exist. Look, when I was a kid, I went and saw Batman. 1989, saw Batman, had no idea it was a comic book. No idea whatsoever. I was six years old, and then the sequel came out. And by that time, I still didn't know that Batman was a comic book. I don't think I led a sheltered life, but I, I don't think that, uh, that these production companies are really giving, giving local shops a chance. They're not... I mean, this could it could have been a huge boon for everything, and it kind of was. That don't get me wrong, the the sales on comics have uh, they rose quite a bit, but I the the target audience is they just don't care anymore. So to kind of wrap up the conversation, the direction that the comic shop industry for lack of a better term not the comics industry as a whole the direction that you kind of see it going in is it good bad do you think it kind of needs to course correct not just on a local level but on a national level what what do you think i would say locally we're doing okay i I think everything's all right i think with these shops that are springing up that are supplementing with coffee cafes gaming stuff like that those help a tremendous amount because people will stop here for a coffee bring your kids in for a coffee and all of a sudden they want to buy a funko pop or they walk over to the funko pops and oh geez there's a huge wall of comic books hey i remember that guy from the movies you know those sorts of things help i think here things are things are okay a little saturated sure a little, a little bit saturated, but I, th- I think around here, things are looking way up. I think the shops that have been coming up, the shops that are changing their tunes in the area, the people who are really understanding, like, all right, I want my store to stay open. Time to, time to cater to some people. Yeah. I would yeah. say the industry as a whole, as far as the comic book publishing, I don't know. I I feel like we're we've been on a bubble for a while and I think that nobody learned their lesson from the 90s. Not a single person learned a freaking thing from the 1990s and I can say that with 100% certainty because every Tuesday I check in and process all those books and every month I order those books and I am watching all of the trend happen again. Ah, the 90s. So, so what you're saying is I should look forward to more bags, more uh, trading Most. cards in the bags, 
Uh, Rob Liefeld still has a career, so I mean, I guess the 90s he's never still, really he's ended. He's still pumping so. out covers, man. Foil. Holograph covers, as far as the eye can see. DC and just released foil covers saw a that. few months ago. Saw that. Had a flashback. It was great. Until it wasn't. All right. So Anyway. So, but um, you, Drew. Yes. Comics direction, where... I'm I'm naturally cynical, so I think uh, the whole publishing comic book publishing industry is one uh, accountant away from just someone at Disney or Warner Brothers just going like, we really don't need this. We make one movie that makes eight hundred million dollars. The publishing division makes us a fraction of that annually. It's still a billion dollar industry annually. I just don't know. I hey, I'm always going to be there, but. At some point, someone's going to yeah. just kind of go, you know what? We don't need us anymore. We, we're gonna, just going to push our IP elsewhere. Onto YouTube, onto cartoons, onto movies. Have a nice day. All right. Okay. Cool. I hope not. No, no, I get you. But, I get you. You know. In the meantime, we have Iron Buffalo. And I'm yes. cynical because I've been doing this for 11 years. Yes. All right, cool. Good conversation. I think hey. we... Uh, we, 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 we unlock some inner stuff. We, we covered did. all the bases. But I will say, I love comic books. You love comic books. I I'm, do. I'm pointing at Carl. Drew loves comic books. I do. Jay loves comic books. These homies love comic books. And... <laughs> hey, at least he reads Mr. Miracle. <laughs> and Mar- Martian Manhunter. Mr. Miracle is excellent. Yes, it was very good. But I, I love reading comic books. I still buy books every single week. It's important to support these local stores. Yeah. It's important to support the hobby because if we stop doing it because we're cynical about it and not because we just stop loving comic books, then that's our problem. Then we've done that. Yeah. So continue to buy sh- comic books. Continue to go to your local shops. Keep on loving reading. Teach your kids how to read. Teach your kids colors with comic book characters. Make it so that your three-year-old can tell you the real names of all the superheroes. You know, that's that's how you do it. Indoctrinate your children. They're the next generation. <laughs> I mean, that's my plan, really. Brainwash them. Brainwash them. All right, cool. Um, a little bit out of order for our normal show routine. Yeah, a little bit. But let's get to some news. Sure. Verge, we're going to keep you up here for the news. That's great because I don't, like stuff. I don't actually look at the internet anymore. Oh, well, Car- Carl has some surprises for you. Oh, some, Great, some I can't wait to have surprises. live reactions. Awesome. Do you, do you want to start at the good stuff or do you want to start at the DC dumpster fire? Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. Oh. For those of you who don't listen to the show, we usually refer to the DC film universe as the DC dumpster fire, because that's kind I mean, of what it's been since its inception. It, it grows and shrinks depending yeah. on the movie. Like Wonder, right now, it's, Wonder it's Woman, a little. great. I've heard Aquaman is good. Everything else, no thanks. I mean, it made, it made money. <laughs> but they, Warner Brothers officially announced... Uh, that we are getting The Batman. I mean, that was a thing. And Suicide Squad 2, both in the summer of 2021. I'm not going to see either of them. <laughs> I will not. I refuse. Suicide Squad was my last-ditch effort. But, 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 but the James Gunn factor. <laughs> okay, never mind. There's a, also a caveat to this. 
It has been officially announced that Ben Affleck will not reprise his role as Batman. Oh, man, I'm so surprised. This is my surprise face. <laughs> I mean, I think we all knew that. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's out of rehab, so they could, they yes, could make they can the officially say that now, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. I feel kind of bad for him. I think like, I do. I think he did. he could have got a, he could have had a good crack at it, but they decided to go in this weird direction, and then Justice League stunk, and it was by then. He, did he care? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. He he could have been good. He got a bad rap, but what? Since their direction is kind of changing, they they more and more they seem to be veering away from like shared universe and just doing stuff kind of on its own. Drew, you mentioned the James Gunn factor for Suicide Squad too. He's currently writing. He will probably direct. I would assume he's directing. So does James? Would you go see a James Gunn Suicide Squad movie? Either one of you? No. Really? Not even James Gunn, who gave us Guardians of the Galaxy. The nope. thing the thing we always knew, we always wanted that we never knew we wanted. Tell me who's editing the film. You let me know who's editing the film, and then I'll let you know if I'm going to go see it. Because I feel like every DC movie is edited into the ground. Like, they dig their own grave in the editing room. It's awful. Yep, you're not wrong. No. Show me the lineup. Who's in the movie? What's what's what are they? Do, do I have to deal with Jared Leto Joker yeah, if again? If Jared Leto's do in I, there, I'm extra out. I'm as out as you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And I'm and, and I'm sorry, man, but this Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn factor is. I'm done with the Harley Quinn factor. It's that's over. I don't. No more Harley Quinn. Yeah, go away. It's um, it's it's frustrating also because. They announced that The Batman, the title for the next Batman movie, The Batman, is going to focus on a young Batman. Because we haven't had this recently shoved down our throats ad nauseum. But Carl, will they finally show us how he decided to become Batman? I don't know his origin. I need the movie to tell me. So... You need to see Martha and Thomas get gunned down again. Is that how it happened? I mean, I've never seen it before. <laughs> they show it like once every 12 issues in the comic book, too. Oh, my it's God. It's really... Uh, <laughs> well, every, every issue someone's first is Stan it's said, really, right? Uh, okay. It's a good thing. Yeah. So, quick Whatever. thought. Quick thought, because everyone's going to ask. You have to cast a young Batman. Who do you cast? Frank Stallone. <laughs> oh, my. That's right. I honestly care so little about this movie that I can't think of a single person I would have. Also, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't really internet so much anymore. So I'm completely out of the loop as to who's famous or does things that people care about because I just don't anymore. But it's Batman. I'm too old to tell you who young could play Batman. Okay, that's fair. All right, let's leave the dumpster fire behind. Good news. Okay. We, we all love Why the Last Man. I do love Why the Last Man. One of the best comic series ever written. I would agree with that. For those of you who have not read Why the Last Man, you need to read Why the Last Man. Will, order Why the Last Man. Get ahead all of it. All the Why the Last You better get ahead of it, Will, because as Carl's about to tell you, we have a Why the Last Man television series order from FX. 2020. Will 2020, premiere. we're getting a Why the Last Man television series. Folks, 
I'm probably going out on a limb here, but this is going to be the next Walking Dead. Whoa. So. Bold statement, that's, that's sir. Big. That's big, dude. Yeah. Get the books now. Read them. This is really exciting. For those of you who are who don't know, Wide Last Man is a story of one day every mammal on the planet. Male with, mammal. Male mammal on the planet with a Y chromosome spontaneously dies at the same time. Except for a man and his monkey. Except for a man and his monkey. Now, now you're thinking it sounds like a comedy. It's not. <laughs> No, it gets very dark. There are are comedic aspects to it, but the the whole series is kind of trying to find out what happened. You know, you have a, a world that's run by women, and some of that's good, some of that not so much. Right, some of us would love to see what that looks like, and if you would love to see what that looks like, you should read Why the Last Man, because it has its sweet points, and it has its bitter, 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 disgusting, nasty points. And, and a lot of sad points, too. The saddest points, like crying really while you're reading points. a comic book points. Just eat the damn grape. <laughs> Just eat the grape. Stop, man. It's, it's getting too real. Stop. Read Why the Last Man understand that. Okay, so that's good news. Excited. Kind of disappointing news. Eh. As we were mentioning, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 still on Marvel Slate. Still currently without a director. A lot of us were hoping that Taika Waititi, who directed Thor Ragnarok, would take up the Guardians mantle. He has officially confirmed he will not be directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Okay. So, question... What Guardians had such a unique, defined voice by James Gunn, and Taika Waititi's style was very close to that. A, do you think Guardians three gets made? B, do you think Guardians three works? It will get made, but it's going to be a little different. And I don't know how different. The, I mean, the Marvel style, they've kind of figured it out to a degree where I think they could get someone to come in and do it to a reasonable facsimile of what, yeah. you know, it's gonna, it, that Guardians 1 and 2 would have delivered. But will it have the same heart, the same connection that James Gunn seemed to find with the characters, especially in Guardians 2, which is a very heartfelt movie if you really watch it? Uh no, I don't think it won't have that. It'll be a little okay. more. I don't want to say formulaic, but it'll be a little more formulaic, uh, less heart, but probably executed with the same kind of peppy Marvel style. Yep. It'll it'll certainly get made. I mean, that's hundreds of millions of dollars in the bank. There's no way it doesn't get made. Everyone loves Guardians. Yeah. You Guardians too. You got your Groot and your Rocket. Guardi- and Guardians. Chris Pratt. Yep. I only say that because of my daughter. She loves him so much. Guardians 2 is still my favorite Marvel film. I, not Guardians 2. I'd say Guardians 1. First Guardians is my I'm, favorite. I'm, I'm never going to not cry at the end of Guardians 2. I'm never going to not cry at the end of Guardians 1. I know he's coming back to life. I knew it the first time I saw it. Do you think that mattered to me? No, I still cry like a baby. I watch it now and I still cry. Yeah. You it's gotta, terrible. You don't but have I would, to justify it. I, I'm with you. I, I would say... It'll get made. It'll have two directors because the first one isn't going to be as good as James Gunn. And then the second one's going to come along and Marvel's going to say, 
you have to make this as close to a James Gunn film as is humanly possible or you're fired too. And it'll get made and it won't be nearly as good as the first two. All right. So last night we were treated to an extensive post New Avengers teaser show called the the Super Bowl. Yeah, I watched it. It was terrible. The, I pretended the, it wasn't happening. The most important thing was we got a new teaser to Avengers Endgame. Yes, we did. Oh, boy, was it dark. Uh, I like the fact that it t- said a lot with very little dialogue whatsoever. Yeah. Like, we got to see ramifications of half the life on the planet being gone. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, like, I guess the whole of New York City is now just living around the Statue of Liberty? Uh, No, I think you missed the message there. The message there is people are dead, so the boats that were out out there are just drifting. Oh, yeah. And then City Field, empty. Steve Rogers is in therapy. Yeah. Poor Steve. So, what do you think of it, Verge? Did it leave you with any warm fuzzies? I feel like this is super negative Nancy show. Like, we've been so... It's This has been... Oh, comic books are... This is your chance to be excited. Crushing my soul. I'm really excited. I, okay, good. So, <laughs> I, I, I... I pretend that Age of Ultron didn't happen. Age of Ultron was good, not great. I mean... I feel ya. Aside from the introduction there, of, of there, additional characters, there was absolutely... No reason for that movie to be made. There has not been a bad Marvel film. There have been weaker Marvel films. There has not been a bad one. It is the weakest. In my, in, in my opinion, okay. I would say Age of Ultron is the weakest. But the, the, I'm still going with this, Thor the, the Dark World. Thor the last, Dark World is pretty... It's, that's pretty... Ter- it's ter- yeah. But I, I have always been excited for Avengers movies, period. I, from the minute you see Nick Fury... At the end of Iron Man, like you're just losing your mind in yeah. the theater, and then you get an actual Avengers film, and you're losing your mind because it's amazing, and then you see this most recent Avengers film, and it's great, and it's kind, it's there's some nice dark, like hey, stuff's going bad, it's going south. I mean, when you when when Thanos punches Hulk in the face and Hulk's like, wait, what? What? Yeah. What? You're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. When Thanos punches Hulk so hard, he retreats into Bruce Banner and will not come out again. Right. And then you kill off arguably the most popular character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Loki, within the first five minutes. Yeah, I was sad. Right, yeah, a lot of people were. I was just stunned. I was just sitting there and I mean, just couldn't believe life. I mean, I, I, I fully expect him to get better, but, you know. Yeah. And for Thanos to really honestly succeed at the end of the last movie, and you're just sitting there, and it's just the end of the movie, and half the people are gone, and you're like, but 2019, what... Come on! What is this? Yeah. This isn't possible. They'll they'll fix it. They fix everything. They fix everything. Comic books, movies, it don't matter. Wolverine's alive again, for the love of God. I mean, with hot claws. With hot claws. Hot. Hot 
claws. Hot claws. I'm just excited about the idea that uh, Rocket Raccoon is an Avenger now. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. doing the little walk of the Avengers. I'm like, oh, there's Rocket in there. I love it. I'm really, really okay excited. I'm, I'm, it, it got me all hyped up. A lot of times the, the trailers have been letting me down just because it's like so much all the time. Trailer, trailer, trailer. But yeah. man, the Avengers trailers, they really... And then the music comes on. Oh, <laughs> my God. Every yeah. time. All right. So, uh, to wrap up news, I know I know you said we've been old hour or whatnot. Um, this next news story is not going to change that at all. Um, this will wrap up the news. Hollywood lost a legend this past week. Le- legend? Legend. Oh, okay. Legend. I mean, to us. No, no. Legitimate legend. Okay. Hollywood uh, famed actor Dick Miller passed away this week. He, he was he was the guy in, in Gremlins. Gremlins, Terminator. He sold Arnold a gun in Terminator. Folks, if you don't know Arnold who Dick him. Miller is, just search Dick Miller on your phone right now. You'll see the picture. If if you still don't know who Dick Miller is, then I've I've I can't do anything for you. Is it sad that I also most notably remember him from being uh, one of the garbage men in the Burbs? I love the Burbs. Thank the you. One of my yes. favorite movies. So yes. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? It is. It's I love. The, it's my favorite Tom Hanks movie, and the man has made some good movies. But Burbs is my. You're favorite. not wrong. I can get, I can get behind that. My my favorite Tom Hanks movie is The Man with One Red Shoe. That's fine, but the Burbs is still better. Okay. It's definitely my favorite Bruce Dern movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it might be my favorite Carrie Fisher movie. Who really knows? Wow. Hey, 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 hey. Wow. Hey, hey, hey. Postcards from the edge. Um, okay. What? I'm allowed to like other things than Star Wars. X-Wing. One of us, Carl. You're, one you're of not us. wrong. Right. I was about to say, you're, right. you're not wrong. Right. Hey, when Harry, she was fantastic when Harry met Sally. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Right. But the burbs. The burbs, though. So that's going to about do it for the news, and I think that's going to about do it for us. Yeah, I'm about done here. Uh, dear listeners, if you would like to... Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Question. There's questions. Oh, Alan, we have questions. Alan sent in questions. I can guarantee... There's one that I'm probably not going to answer. Okay. <laughs> Questions from Mr. Alan Waiters. Dear Carl and Drew, what kaiju would you want as an expansion to King of Tokyo? I, oh, I want my officially licensed by Toho Godzilla expansion with a full lineup of characters. I want Ultraman. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Drew and Carl, what Cap- with Captain Marvel a month away... Do you expect Monica Rambo to make uh, Ram- yeah Rambo R A M B A U to make a cameo since she was the first African American Captain Marvel? Yes, I, I do. Think they've already confirmed she's. I in fully it. expect it. Yeah, Carl. When will we get the side by side comparison of your Funko desk and Jay's? Um, hopefully soon. When will they do battle? Also, hopefully soon. <laughs> yes. Okay, Sick. so, Alan, thank you very much for questions. Folks, we thank you so much for joining us here tonight on Devil's Do. Thank you very much to those of you who made the special trip out for the show. Uh, we hope to have more of these in the future. 
Um, if you would like to contact us at the show, if you'd like to send in any questions or comments to be read on the show, you can follow find us at the following locations. You can go to Twitter and follow us at Devil's Do Pod. You can go to our Facebook page, like our page at facebook.com slash devils do, or you can email us at the devils do pod at gmail.com. And of course, as always, you can find all these resources available to you on our website, the devils do podcast.com. Drew Verge, any closing thoughts? Uh, so I'm going to speak from experience here next year. Well, get your flu shot. Get your, flu Get your shot. flu shot. Take it from me. I have endured hell the last week and a half. Don't 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 be a hard guy. Don't be like me. Get, Still get, not get doing the, it. Get the flu shot. Just do it. Because the alternative is uh, pure misery and the depths of despair. Okay. More so than my usual. Verge. So on an upbeat note, it's nice to be nice. Be nice to each other. Be excellent. Be excellent to each other. To each other. The, the toll booth lady that hands you the ticket, say, hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> say thank you to that woman, all right, because she has been freezing her buns off in that little cube for the last week. <laughs> thanks, a pan load, Chet. <laughs> the, 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 the toll lady uh, on my trip to Cleveland said, uh, have an amazing day. And I thought that was just a nice little phrase. Not a good day. Not a nice day. Have an amazing day. It's like, right. hey, it's, you too, it's old that, lady. Yeah, it's that that little bit extra that makes people feel like they're people, and not just somebody handing you a ticket or selling you your comic <laughs> books or making your coffee or whatever else. Making your website. Right, making your website. Making your website. <laughs> Say thank you. Be nice to each other. Be good to each other. It's really important. Yeah. All right, folks. Would you also say party on dudes? Party on dudes. Party on dudes. Let's check. Folks, that's going to do it here for a site. Thank you so much for coming out. Court is adjourned. Go spend some money.